Hello and welcome to Parsha on a Pod. My name is Yechiel Schaffer. I'm the rabbi of the Pikesville Jewish Congregation, found in Maryland. This week we're going to be taking a look at Parshat Balak. Oh, Balak is a wonderful story. It includes a talking animal, a Gentile prophet. It raises massive theological questions and is the, one of the, basically the only Parsha in the Torah that offers us a perspective on the Israelites from the outside looking in. How did the world understand the Jewish people when they left Egypt? Here is Parshat Balak in seven parts. Part 1. Vayar Balak ben Sipar et kol asher asa Yisrael le'emori. Balak ben Sipar, the king of Moab, saw all that the Israelites had done to the Amorites and was scared. He coaxed the elders of Midian to get involved, and they sent messengers to Bilam ben Baor to ask him to intervene on their behalf. Rashi chapter 22 verse 5 suggests that Balak and Bilam were from the same land, and it was Bilam who had pushed Balak, who had prophesied that Balak would become royalty in a foreign land. The leaders requested Bilam to curse the Israelites. The elders of Midian and Moab delivered Balak's message, to which he responded that he was not free to go without the permission of God. God, God comes to Bilam and inquires who are Bilam's guests and what are their interests. Bilam shares, shares really who they are and their request, and God warns him not to go. And so ends part one. Part two. Vayakam Bilam Baboker Vayome El Sarei Balak Luchu El Artsachem. Bilam shares with his guests that he's not permitted to go, that God had refused him permission, and uh, they leave. They give up fairly quickly. Balak is undeterred by Bilam's response and sends more dignitaries, fancier, more prestigious people to Bilam, with a promise of great honor and riches. Bilam replies that he will inquire with God, but even all the riches in the world cannot enable him to go against the wishes of the divine. God now tells Bilam he can go with these men, but he will not be free to do whatever he wants. He will have to say and share whatever God commands him to do. The Chizkuni chapter 22 verse, eight, verse 20 questions how God can seemingly change his mind, offering the suggestion that God does not change his mind. He didn't. Rather, he was enabling the maintenance of free will. Bilam was free to go wherever he wanted but he was not free to say whatever he wanted as a prophet of God. And so ends part two. Part three. Vayakum bilam baboke v'yachavosh es asono v'yilach im sorei moav. Bilam wakes up early the next morning. There's a, a, an enthusiasm. There's a, an extra hop in his step. And he prepares for his journey. The kavod, the glory, was too attractive. Torah tells us that God grew angry with Bilam and placed an angel in his path. An angel not permitting him to proceed. The Dad Zakanim, chapter 20, verse 22, points out 
that he was never permitted to go with them in their spiritual conquest. You should see see the, the restriction offered chapter 20, verses 12. But he was only permitted to join them in their physical journey. Bilam's donkey sees the angel and refuses to proceed. Bilam, pushing the donkey forward, finally has his leg crushed by the donkey, and he confronts the animal. What an obstinate donkey you are! God gives the animal the power of speech, and Bilam has a dialogue with his donkey. Following the conversation, Bilam finally sees the angel in the way. The angel asks why Bilam was so aggressive with his animal, and Bilam is contrite and defends himself by suggesting that he just simply didn't see the angel in front of him. The angel tells Bilam that he can continue his journey, but won't be free to say anything except that which God wants him to. Balak comes to, comes to greet Bilam upon his arrival, asking why it took him so long. Bilam responds that he is not free to do anything without God's approval, even though he has now arrived. So ends part three. Part four. Vayelech Bilam in Balak, Vayavo Kiryat Chutzot. Bilam and Balak went to a place called Kiryat Chutzot, and there they had a feast in preparation for the next day. The next morning they climbed up Bamuth Baal, and from there they could see the entire people, see all of the Israelites. Bilam tells Balak to build seven altars upon which they will sacrifice various carbonot sacrifices to God. Balak does so. He builds the altars and they sacrifice animals upon them. Bilam now goes to consult with God while Balak attends to the sacrifices to the altars. God appears to Bilam and gives him a specific instructions to share with Balak. Bilam shares with Balak that the Israelites are blessed by God and cannot be cursed. The Israelites are united and unaccountable from the position they find themselves, he shares. Balak is distraught and unclear why Bilam has only shared praise of the Israelites. Bilam shares that he can only say what God permits him to. So ends part four. Part five. Balak suggests that, you know, maybe things would go better if they were standing in a different location, if they could see the Israelites from a different perspective, where they could only really see part of the nation and not, not in its entirety. So they move their location, they build seven more altars, and God again appears to Bilam. Bilam returns with pretty much the same message from God. God will not change his mind. He is not flippant about these people. When God blesses, Bilam is not free to curse. Balak, again distraught, and, and, and he is completely unclear why Bilam has only shared praise for the Israelites. Bilam shares again that he is not free to do whatever he wants. He can only share that which God permits him to. And so ends Art 5. Art 6. Vayomer Balak al-Bilam l'cha na ekachacha al-mokom acher. Balak suggests that they now change their location and perspective again. They move and they build seven more altars. They sacrifice more animals in this new spot. 
Balaam realizes that there is going to be no window to curse the people. He sees that God is in their encampment and he prays their homes and their prayer houses, Matovu Yaakov, which becomes part of the daily prayers that the Jews will recite throughout history. Bilam invokes God. He invokes that God took the Israelites out of Egypt and notes their impressive might, their impressive and unique strength. Balak loses his mind. <laughs> he goes crazy. And he again questions why Bilam is blessing the people that he requests to be cursed. Bilam is pretty matter of fact that he gave Balak ample warning that this was a doomed and failed project. The Torah, Ha'aruch, chapter 22, verse 11, shares that the promise that Bilam shares that those who curse the Israelites will be cursed was the deal breaker. It ends the venture. One thing for, for, uh, one thing for Balak to walk away neutral, but it's a whole other thing for him to walk away from this whole attempt worse off. So ends part six. Part seven. Bilam has more to share. Even though Balak is done with this whole process, the prophecy is not over. The Israelites in a far off future will wield great power and will destroy Moab and the descendants of Shase. Edom will be subservient to them, Amalek will be destroyed forever. Only those who God wills will survive the future might of the Israelites. Bilam now leaves and goes home, as does Balak. The whole project is over. The Israelites find themselves in a place called Shittim and, and initiate promiscuous relationships with the local Moabite women. These women, women provoked the Israelites into worship idols. God grew very angry at them. God instructs Moshe to kill the ringleaders who uh, encouraged this kind of behavior. While God and Moshe are in dialogue, in the meantime, an Israelite takes a Midianite woman and in public, and the Israelites begin to weep in what they're seeing. Pinchas ben Elazar takes a spear and stabs both the Israelite and the Midianite woman, and the plague that had broken out comes to an end. 24,000 people died in that plague. And so ends Parshat Balak. Thank you for joining us in our study of Parshat Balak. Here is a final thought on the Parsha. The Mishnah in Avot, chapter 5, Mishnah 6, famously shares with us that the donkey that features in our story in Bilam's journey to the Israelites was created right at the end of the creation, the end of the six days at twilight. The Maharal points out that, that the items created during this time between creation and Shabbat have an intense spirituality about them. They are infused with not only a strong physical presence, but an intense spirituality because they were created on both the days of creation and on Shabbat. Even the lowly donkey, the lowest of all animals, can be infused with purpose and spirit under the right circumstances. My name is Yechiel Shafra. This has been Parsha on a Pod. If you have enjoyed this 
episode, please share it, subscribe to our podcast, and read us highly on whatever platform you use. This has been Parshat Balak on Parsha on a Pod. <laughs>